Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today is amazing. I get to bring you our featured guest, Clayton Olson. Clayton, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Ken. Oh, absolutely. Happy to be here, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So anybody who isn't familiar with Clayton, you're gonna be. See, he has been empowering individuals and couples from around the world to find harmony and authenticity in their relationships. He's a certified coach and master NLP practitioner. Clayton takes a holistic approach to carefully reconstructing what's truly possible for his clients. And through his work, he's revitalized relationships, brought together lost loves, and witnessed clients finding their soulmates. Clayton's content has been seen on Fox News Magazine, Huffington Post, The Goodman Project, and his work has been featured on The View. Clayton, do us a favor. Tell us, how did you get started doing this work? And, and if there's any blanks in that intro, certainly fill those in. Yeah, well, I would say that the, the way that I got started was through having a... Uh, I'd say confusing first 18 years of my life. Um, yeah, I grew up with uh, a little bit of alcoholism in a family and uh, I had a dad who I loved and at the same time was also very unpredictable and uh, was an alcoholic. And that having that as an authority figure as a, as a man in my life, uh, I, I really had to, uh, when he passed away when I was 18, it was what, the event that catapulted me into personal development because with him out of the way, I realized that there was so much that I did not know about being a man. There was so much that I did not know about being in a healthy relationship. Uh, there was codependent tendencies that were uh, installed in me as well uh, as a kid. So I realized at around 18 that I had to do some work on myself. Otherwise uh, I was going to slip into a deep, dark depression. And my mom was uh, someone who uh, was the first person that introduced me to NLP at the time. I think she gave me the book, uh, The Structure of Magic. Um, and that was one of the uh, leading NLP books back in the 1970s. Uh, and I started reading uh, more literature on therapy. I got into Tony Robbins. Uh, I was really looking at a, a lot of this literature to, to help myself. I had no intentions in actually helping other people. Uh, <laughs> I just felt that I felt that I was really screwed up and I needed to get a firm grasp on reality and really to, to rebuild and create who I wanted to be uh, in this life. And so I spent the next six years, I'd say from 18 to 24, learning uh, about masculinity and what it meant to be a man. I actually uh, got involved in the uh, 
pickup artist community when I was younger as well, which was interesting. And, uh, you know, that's got two sides to it. One side is guys going out to the bars and learning how to interact with women, which is something that I had no idea how to do. And there was this other side that was all about really the inner world, about working, working on the inner architecture of who you are and your self-confidence and what it means to be social and, uh, how to actually make an impact on people and communication skills. And uh, that was a, a lot of my foundational learning as a, a guy in his late teens and early 20s. Um, and then I moved out of that. I, got, I, I grew out of that and uh, became more interested in making money, actually. So I ended up taking a, uh, a couple years in the corporate world doing tech sales and was not fulfilled. Uh, doing that. Although I was pretty effective as a sales guy, I wasn't something that was really my soul's calling. And I knew that pretty early on. Um, however, I didn't have the guts to uh, go out on my own quite yet to become what I wanted to do. What kind of surfaced for me was to actually help people and be a life coach. So in my late twenties, I decided to finally take the leap and uh, I became a relationship coach got a certification and jumped in, uh, started working with a friend who had a mailing list of people that were going through breakups, people that were in a lot of pain going through breakups. And I started, I just kind of threw myself into it, threw myself into the fire <clears throat> and started learning uh, how to work with people that were in extreme amounts of pain, uh, very desperate, feeling very lost uh, and cut my teeth that way. And that's what I've been doing for the last five years now is actually working with both men and women uh, who are going through devastating breakups and trying to get some sense of their identity back and either fix the relationships that had fallen apart or be able to move on more powerfully and not repeat the same mistakes. Um, and that has been extremely uh, fulfilling for me and very humbling as well, because uh, you're, I, I've been dealing with people in their most tender places. Um, so I think that kind of catches us up to speed. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I love what you just said there about your work with people going through difficult breakups or devastating breakups. And yeah. you really, you know, there's two avenues there, which is you can either dismantle it gracefully so that you can get your identity mm -hmm. back and move on or move forward more powerfully and, and not repeat those same mistakes. And yeah. it's what, what triggered me was, Geez, I guess it was probably about 20 years ago when I first moved out here to Colorado. I uh, did some consulting work for a um, a business turnaround company, and that's essentially what we mm. did for them. Was we identified: Do you have a viable business here? If so, how do we move forward so you don't repeat these same problems and have you know stress again in the in the business? And if not, mm. how do we dismantle it gracefully yeah. so that everybody can move on? Nobody's getting you know burdened with a bunch of of leftovers from the the enterprise so it was interesting just the parallel because that's really what we need to do which what what mm -hmm. honestly is the next best option and then yeah. move towards it yeah absolutely and either way whatever it is um one of the key principles that i uh bring in as a context for the clients that i work with and you could probably relate to this in the world of business um 20 years ago is that whatever's happening what at this juncture, it is actually a portal or a gateway for the person to walk through for their own personal transformation. Mm -hmm. And that this type of like, the, the metaphor of shaking up the snow globe and this chance for everything to uh, reorganize 
is one of the greatest opportunities of their life because uh, everything there, there's so much emotion, there's so much uh, uh, there's so much change that if we bring intention and choice and awareness into that process, what is possible on the other side is something that you you would not have access to unless this breakup, unless the split was actually happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So that actually brings me to the first thing I want to ask you about, which is in my work with with, you know, relationships and partnerships, I've found that that it can be very helpful to have a guiding principle or a quote or a mantra or something that's kind of a touchstone that you can always come back to when you feel like you're getting off the page. And I'm wondering, what do you use for that? And, and how can it be applied in our partner or in, in our uh, audience's lives? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I love just putting it in the context of a, a guiding principle or mantra. And I'm not exactly sure where I got this. I, I may have made it up. I may have <laughs> borrowed it from somebody. So I'm, I'm not going to claim it either way. Uh, but it's the concept that our, the relationships we create outside of us are a deeper reflection of what we create inside of us. So whatever it is, the, whatever type of relationship that we have with ourselves in our internal landscape is what we replicate outside of us. And if there is some type of disturbance in the force outside of us, if there is a, a reoccurring pattern or theme that we see happening in our relationships externally, it's not necessarily that we need to go out and get techniques to, to work uh, our communication necessarily as a first step outside of us, but rather it's to look inwards and see how are we perhaps at odds with ourselves internally. Uh, and I found that uh, that little switch from looking at what are we doing externally to how are we holding this idea of relationship internally as being one of the highest leverage points for me working with myself when I come across difficulty in relationship and also reminding clients as well to look at the inner landscape of how they are orienting or their stance towards relationship as well. Excellent. Yeah, no. And I love, like the, the metaphor of it. It's, it's a landscape, like what's going on in that environment. And, yeah. you know, cause we're pretty familiar with what we see around us on the outside, but there's a similar experience on the inside as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it's, uh, I was to put even an example out there to, to land the concept. It's, uh, if I'm having a relationship with somebody and I'm feeling that there's some type of lack of intimacy between us, uh, it can be very easy for me to blame the other person and to say that maybe it's something that they're doing or that they're not doing that is creating this lack of intimacy. And what I found is that perhaps what it's actually a reflection of is a place where I'm actually not connected to myself, where I'm lacking intimacy with myself inside and what I'm witnessing outside is a reflection of that. Just to give a, a more clear, chunky example of what that might look like. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. Well, Clayton, you know, what I'd like to do now is, is actually dive into the kind of the meat of the show. And this is, this is what our listeners have told us they love about this show, is that our guests are so generous in sharing their own personal stories of partnership. Mm -hmm. Ways they've done well, ways they've kind of screwed up. And, and I'm actually going to ask you to start 
with sharing with us a story of a time in your life when you, well, you, you kind of tripped up in a partnership and just tell us what was going on. What were you doing? What'd you trip on? And then what did you learn from that experience that you've been able to yeah. leverage and move forward with? Yeah, great. So I'm going to approach this with, uh, it's kind of a, a two part story uh, that, uh, because it's like the pendulum swinging from one direction to the other. Um, so I would say that the first place where I really tripped up in partnership was right when I was around 17, 18 years old. It was my first relationship. I was absolutely in love with this woman and I had uh, no backbone in the relationship, meaning I would, I became a chameleon and was trying desperately to become whatever she wanted me to be. So she would love me as the way that I loved her. And as you can probably imagine, uh, that ended horribly because I was no longer a real person in the relationship, but rather uh, just a, I, I was a, sh a shapeshifter to whatever I thought she wanted, uh, so she would love me. And that relationship ended, and it was so painful, uh, and this was right around the time that my dad was dying as well, that uh, I really closed up and I made this commitment to myself. I created this contract in my house. Like I'm never going to let that happen again. I'm never going to allow myself to be that open, that vulnerable, that uh, I would, I'm never going to conform that much to another person. And what ended up happening is I spent the next perhaps seven to maybe even 10 years uh, moving through life being extremely protected. And this is more of a theme that uh, was just throughout all of my relationships in my 20s, where I would not open up, I would not be vulnerable. In fact, I didn't think that uh, myself having needs or wanting something from my partner was acceptable or attractive or uh, that if I did have needs, that somehow that equated to me being needy in the relationships or me being weak or desperate. And so many of the relationships that I created through this, uh, through this paradigm in my, in my 20s were ones that were superficial, ones where uh, perhaps my partner would be very in love with me, um, but I was unable to really open up and and almost like remove the scar tissue from the earlier breakup uh, that had happened when I was 18. And the impact that it had on my relationships was one where because I was not able to accept weakness within myself, because I was not able to accept need within myself, uh, it created this territory in our relationship, the space in our relationship, where it was unacceptable for weakness and vulnerability and true sharing of perhaps the darker emotions to come out between us, which then created a very one-dimensional relationship that really didn't have the resilience of what a healthy partnership can create. So I went through failed relationship after failed relationship and thinking to myself, well, you know, God, I... I think I'm a pretty great guy. I've got a lot going for me. I, I am pretty intelligent. I think I know what I'm doing here. Yet I just kept failing over and over again. And what I've finally begun to grasp over these last five years 
is just, and this goes back to that quote. This goes back to this idea of replicating uh, the relationship you have within you outside of you that the work that I've had done on me through therapy and NLP and coaching, I've finally got to a place where I've started to accept the weaker parts of myself that I had left behind in childhood and judged as weak and desperate and pathetic. And through beginning to bring those parts back into me as something that's not uh, unacceptable, but rather that can be accepted and can be loved by myself. I've been able to allow and green light my partner to be able to bring those types of emotions to our relationships as well now, and to actually begin to feel accepted and loved in a way that I was not able to before because I could not accept weakness within myself. I could not accept that type of vulnerability within myself. So it was almost like I was repelling it and keeping it out of our relationship. Um, and that has been a massive 180 for me. Um, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so interesting as you were talking about, you know, you move forward after that heartbreaking experience as your first relationship where you had shut yourself down and, and you realized it only let you have like the the happy parts of a relationship and kept it very surfacy. Yeah. What yeah. instantly popped in my head is that's like Facebook friends. Mm. We only like people on Facebook as long as they're saying what we like. But as soon as somebody brings up something that's contrary to us, oftentimes you're like, I'm going to mm. unfriend them. Mm. And we run. Yeah. Because we don't, that's not our deep relationship. It's a very yeah. surfacy relationship. And if it, you know, somebody has different political views or whatever, you're like, I'm unfriending them. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. What? Why? Yeah. But this is exactly yeah. what you're talking about because we do it in our real life too, right? Where we mm -hmm. cut that off because you said something I've said in my head before. I've been there with you, which is I'm never going to let myself hurt like this again. Mm. And you shut that off. And you're like, I'm not going to let those yeah. things be exposed. I'm not going to show up in those ways that make me so vulnerable that it might hurt later. And I think everybody listening has been there in some form or another. Yeah. And yeah. realizing the way you so eloquently described of how that restricted what you could experience going forward. Yeah, you could still yeah. have relationships, but they were kind of shallow, empty relationships. Yeah, and unfulfilling, and, and I'm not, not even being aware of why, yeah. right? Not even being aware of that, the beliefs that I had about vulnerability and about opening up and about possibly letting the armor down and maybe exposing my underbelly mm -hmm. is, and, and ex having, giving my, op the, my partner the opportunity to actually hurt me is what creates the deep intimacy, yeah. is what creates the, where you put something at risk and then the reward is your partner's heart or is connection to your own heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That, that's that's a great example. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of turn things around a little bit. What I want to do here, Clayton, is I want to ask about a time when like one of the your proudest or most exciting times of partnership. It could have been, you know, romantic. It could have been family, career, wherever it showed up. But what's one of those times mm -hmm. when you think about a partnership and every time mm -hmm. you reflect on it, you, you can't help but smile. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I would say that there's a, a very recent one um, with my uh, current partner. 
we had gone through a, a very tough time recently. And uh, in this is actually the first time that I'm really telling this story. Uh, so I'm going to stumble through it a bit as it, as it comes out. That's great. And um, my current partner, who I love very much, and we've got a very deep connection, and we've always had a very deep connection. And we got to this place in our relationship where within the container of the relationship, it, it did not seem like we could go any farther. And what ended up happening was there were some things that were building up, and they were beginning to slip out in these weird expressions that were a bit disrespectful and coming from a place of resentment. And we actually ended up ending the relationship. And we ended the relationship for several weeks, I think actually maybe maybe a six weeks to, to two months. And during that time, we both grew tremendously. It was so difficult. It was so difficult for both of us. I have never experienced such heartbreak and openness. And um and at the same time, the awareness of actually sitting with it and not making the pain wrong, not making the pain something that I needed to try to escape from, but actually sitting with it and allowing myself to go deep into it and to actually feel it and to reach out to su for support from friends when I needed it and family as well. Uh, but rather than running from the pain, just being with it and allowing the pain to actually carve me out. And I know that's what she was doing as well um, because we've, debriefed about this and through this breakup through this separation of really not knowing what was going to happen and not having a clear vision of whether or not this was completely it whether we we're going to get back together but being in that place of uncertainty and allowing the separation to and, and this momentum of the separation to do whatever work it needs to on us it truly was a, one of the most transformative experiences of my life. And what ended up happening as a result, as a result of, of opening the container of the relationship and being able to step outside of what we created, both of us were able to get powerful perspectives on ourselves and begin to see our own behaviors and the ways that we contributed to what was happening within the relationship. And because of that, we were able to come back together and actually get some help from an outside source. We went to a, a, an attachment therapist and began working with, with her. And through that experience, we were able to reunite and get back together. And I got to tell you, the relationship has a completely new flavor to it. The good parts are there and in fact, they're deeper and because we've been able to, because we broke up and we dealt with the fear of being alone by ourselves and built up that resilience, we did not get back together out of fear of being alone and out of fear of, oh no, we're not going to find another person for us. But rather, we were able to handle that, that piece. We were able to deal with that piece by ourselves and then come back together from a place of, I'm okay with where I'm at. Not I'm trying to escape from the pain, but I am okay with where I'm at right now. And now from this place of saying, okay, I am okay. What is it that I want? And what we both wanted was to give another try and to step back in 
completely sober, with our eyes wide open, willing to do the work, willing to roll up our sleeves, uh, and actually reunite from a place of love and choice rather than uh, fear. So um, that has been extremely impactful and has eclipsed so many other of my experiences. And it's been something that's so recent and so alive for me right now um, that I wanted to share that because uh, what it affirmed for me as well is just this idea that sometimes a breakup or a separation can be exactly what's needed for a new orientation to happen between uh, a partner, between partnership. And from that place, there is choice and there is a, a new uh, creation that is possible. That's what I got. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's, Thank you. I appreciate that's that. a fantastic, fantastic story. Thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, what you said there at the end really, really landed for me where you're saying sometimes a breakup is what's needed for the relationship to move forward. Yeah. And, you know, as I've worked with, with couples and women over the years, and, and a lot of times, like, for example, I'm thinking of a recent uh, client I've been working with, and she had this guy, and she's broke up with him, and then she gets back with him. And it's gotten to the point where, like, her friends and family, she won't even tell them she's seeing him again because they all are like, what are you doing that for? This is a big mess. <laughs> yeah. But she's very aware that this is a learning opportunity for her. Mm. And so she's viewed Beautiful. it as that. And every time she's like, I, I'm going to, you know, we're going to get together. And I'm like, why are you getting together? And she'll own up to it. And some, actually, the first time I asked her, I said, why are you getting together? And she's like, I'm doing this. I said, do you have an agenda that you might want this to do, the, you know, where this is going to go? Or are you just doing this to clear the air and get, you know, the growth in it? She's like, you're right. I do have part of that. And she owned it. Mm. And she recognized I've yeah. got to work through that or else going in there with that little hidden agenda isn't going to work. If mm. I'm still going in there, like you were talking about, from that fear of being alone, yeah. that's not anything to build a relationship on. Right. But if I can go in there, I'm okay where I'm at. I need to state my peace. I need to be who I am right now. And if that still works, then we can move forward. That's a very different mm. place. It is. I, I think you highlight such a, a brilliant point. And it, it is about the intention behind the action rather than the action itself. Mm -hmm. That the, the intention, the, the action can look the same, right? Getting back together. But when it's infused with an intention that is from a place of love and an actually an act of creation rather than a reaction to fear, the result is completely different. Yes. The result is completely different. Um, it, just to throw this, this quote out there, this is something that I have thought about for a very long time, which is a, another actual guiding principle uh, that I might as well put out here because it's very relevant, is uh, I'm a firm believer that the reason that we get into relationship determines the quality of it. Mm. So if the reason you're getting into a relationship is to escape loneliness, if the reason you're getting into a relationship is because uh, you, you want social proof or you're looking for financial security, the quality and the texture and the flavor of that relationship is going to be vastly different than if you are in a partnership because it is a platform for you to bring your best self to or because the relationship is a personal growth machine that you get to actualize yourself more fully within that container. And I think that's something that Dr. Robert, 
Robert Glover talks about is the relationship being a personal growth machine. And that has stuck with me ever since I've read it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, there's no question that it is. <laughs> I, yeah. I never heard it called a personal growth machine, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, I've always, I've always said to people, it's relationships or start your own business are like the two biggest personal growth catalysts in the world because there's nowhere to hide. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's such a great, oh, that, that's perfect. That's, yeah, you're there. That. You're, it's you. It it's like on that. you. Boom. What are you going to yeah, do about it? Yeah, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. yeah. There's nowhere to hide. That's great. So that that I love that. That was such a great, great example of what initially may have sounded like, how is this going to be a proud moment? <laughs> it turned into mm. an amazing one, right? <laughs> because one of the things, and you mentioned this earlier in your work about yeah. you know, helping people, you know, if, if the relationship doesn't have any way to, to keep going, how do they get themselves mm -hmm. back and, and reclaim themselves? And one of the things that that I found is a lot of times we look at partnership as only being when we're together, but there's still a partnership when we part. Oh, yeah. How do we respect and honor each other in parting? That's a part of partnership mm. as well, because mm -hmm. the partnership is the bigger entity that lives between the two of you. Yeah. And it's like, OK, so yeah. we used to be partners. How do we move on with respect for each other or maybe support each other in that transition? Yeah. And. So your example of, you know, when you're working with couples around partnership, sometimes it to the outsider might go, how's he helping them with partnership? They, they ended up breaking up. Mm. But that's what partnership is. Partnership is typically the hardest choice you have to make. The easy choice is the one that doesn't include anybody else. But that's not mm. partnership. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The agreements may shift. Right. But you are still in partnership with that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And something that came to mind as you said that too is yeah. you, 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 both people really get to experience the character yeah. of the other person in the midst of the partnership shifting agreements, aka yeah. the breakup. Yeah. Because at, after the after the separation, it's almost like the wild wild west, right? <laughs> there's no, you know, there's no role. There's no role that each person is playing, and that's what can be so confusing about it. Is because well, I'm not your boyfriend anymore. I'm not your wife anymore. I'm not your your girlfriend. So I don't even know how to act in this. And the guiding light then at that point can't be a specific role that you step into, but rather it's got to be your character. It's got to be the principles that you live by, and how you want to treat another person that you love still while the agreements are shifting. Yeah, absolutely. And I got, yeah, I got to say, I mean, that one of the things that I um, walked away with after this separation from my partner and then this coming back together, I got to see a side of her that I never saw. Yeah. I got to see a, a strength. I got to see, uh, I got to see honor. In the breakup, there was this opportunity for parts of her to come out and parts of myself to come out that were just not available and not accessible in the relationship and they were in the way they were after the breakup. And, and that was such a that was such a gift. It's like I really got to see when we took the masks off, the roles off of girlfriend, boyfriend, who are we now to each other and what is real? And that was really powerful and illuminating. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I love that you address the, the labels, right? The, the roles that you're in, because I don't know about you, but I've certainly been in relationships where I'm like, those la like, I don't, it doesn't feel right to call you my girlfriend. And, mm. you know, significant, like, that's, 
and it may be because of past experiences of what that label implied, but it's yeah. like, like that's, those can be very confining, those labels that we put on each other of, oh, you're my boyfriend or girlfriend now. It's like, what does that mean? How does that change things? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a whole, um, it's a, it's a nominalization, right? That has a, a bunch of expectations and assumptions that can get wrapped up into it that almost eliminate choice, right? Eliminate mm. like the, the free flowing organic nature of what's possible. Yeah. It, it can absolutely be restricting in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Clayton, we've actually arrived at a part of the show I call the bring it all home portion. And this is where we step away from stories. And I'm going to ask you to provide some simple concrete guidance for our listeners that they can take home and apply mm -hmm. right away. And where I want to start is yeah. what would you say is the best piece of partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Yeah. I, so, okay. This, this one's, this one's alive for me right now. This one definitely is alive for me. And, right. um, yeah, I'm going to say the, the best piece of relationship advice that I've ever received, which is something that I am still continually practicing daily and is probably my edge. Uh, one of my edges is to be in love and to love someone is to continually risk to continually put my heart at risk. It's to continually put myself at risk. And what that means to me is to not try to find ways to protect myself when I am in love and in partnership with a person, but rather find ways to continually open and expand and reveal parts of myself to my partner giving them the chance to love them and accept them, giving my ch myself the chance to love and accept those parts and to trust that no matter what happens, I'm strong enough to get through it. And that if I do get hurt, that it's better than not having loved. It's, it's better than protecting myself and uh, not having the opportunity to grow in that way. That is definitely the best piece of relationship advice that I've ever received. Um, because I see that the more that I'm able to do that, the more that I'm able to put myself into the relationship in a vulnerable way, and that might mean listening when I'm being criticized. That might mean staying open and staying connected to my partner when she is really just giving it to me and not shutting down and not leaving and not trying to cut it off because I can't handle it, but actually being there and allowing my partner to reflect back perhaps the impact positive or negative that they're having on me and really being in it and using my partner as a mirror, as a mirror to show me the parts of myself that maybe need to grow up, that maybe need to evolve. Um, approaching partnership that way has been absolutely transformative and uh, has not only been transformative for me, but it also makes my partner feel heard and seen and encourages them to be able to do the same with me. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. That's, that's fantastic advice. Mm -hmm. Well, Clayton, what, what would you say, if you had to pick just one, what would be the book or the resource that you'd recommend to our listeners and why that particular one? Yeah, so the book that comes to mind is Marshall Rosenberg's Nonviolent Communication. That book has, uh, I, that was one of the books where I, I've been putting it off for a very long time. I'd not read it and I heard about it and I know that there was workshops on it, 
But after reading that book, it had such a profound impact on understanding what it means to own emotions in a relationship and how to deal with um, when you're getting triggered by your partner in a relationship, which is bound to happen if you're with somebody and the two of you are actually creating intimacy. There's going to be emotional triggers that come up. There's going to be parts of yourself, parts of your younger self that are going to start coming into the conversation and being able to constructively deal with that and being able to communicate the impact the other person is having and uh, communicate your emotions without attacking, without blaming, without making them responsible is genius. And it is what I've seen allows people as well as myself to feel like they can have a voice in the relationship and be their authentic self without having to hide, without having to um, being able to put their voice into the relationship uh, without risk, without feeling like they're risking the relationship. Uh, I've found that many clients that I work with are afraid to put their voice into the relationship, are afraid to communicate how they're feeling because they think the partner might leave them if they did, or they think that they're attacking their partner by expressing how they really feel. And nonviolent communication provides a beautiful model for how to have a voice in a relationship uh, without using language that shuts your partner down and makes them defensive. And uh, I would think that that's a, a beautiful place to start and will do wonders for any partnership. That's awesome. I, I actually had a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago um, that recommended that as well, which is awesome. So there's there's oh, something nice. happening Very on nice. the planet. We need to hear about this book, um, which yeah. is cool. And, you yeah. know, I would, I would take it even a step further. You were saying, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, there's going to be triggers. I would take it as far as to say, if you're... If you're around somebody and both of you are still breathing, there will be triggers. It's, <laughs> it's ubiquitous. There's triggers yeah. everywhere. And yeah. when we can process those and, and address those in a, in a healthy way, it yeah. changes the world you live in. It absolutely does. It does. It does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's I got to tell point. you, Clayton, this, I mean, what you've shared has been so incredible, so vulnerable, so true and honest. And I thank, thank you, you so much. I know our listeners are just like overwhelmed by this. How can they contact you? Because clearly you've got a lot more to share. How do they find out about what you're doing? Yeah, well, they can go to two different places. Uh, the first one is my website. They can go to uh, ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com. And on that uh, website right on the landing page. I've got a, a free guide for them if they're uh, interested. It's called The Eight Secrets to Create a Rock Solid Relationship. And it's some principles that I've pulled together after working with hundreds of people over the last couple of years. And uh, if they're interested in perhaps consuming some video material, they can find my channel on YouTube. I've got uh, a YouTube channel uh, with maybe about 60, 70 videos. And that is uh, Clayton Olson Coaching. Just type that in on YouTube and you can find me there as well. Excellent. Excellent. And for anybody who's listening and your hands are full or you're busy doing something else, don't worry. You can simply go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Clayton's name, and on his show page, we'll have those links. So it's really, really easy to get in touch with Clayton. Well, Clayton, this has been fantastic. I love everything you've been sharing with us. Your insights, your personal experience has been so valuable. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Ken, and asking the questions you did and, and being right there with me. It's, it's been a, an absolute pleasure. My privilege. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. 
Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.